Justin, it's just me and you. Uh, Manny decided to ditch us last minute, but it's okay. We still love him. Um, we're we're back uh, again. It's the international week. Uh, this is we're recording on September five. Um, Justin, it's been an amazing season. Um, I've actually truly enjoyed it. I felt like I've missed uh, football uh, since since the Champions League final, right? So. Um, even though there were some, some, you know, there was a women's World Cup um, and other events that happened during the summer, uh, but it just feels good to have um, the top five leagues back and uh, kicking. So, um, pun intended there, by the way. Um, all right. So before we start, just want to give a preview of what we're going to talk about today. So obviously, we have to talk about the EPL. There's a lot going on there. I'm excited to get into some of the teams uh, so far and, and just really just talk about how they're doing um and then of course on friday we or thursday we had the champions league drawing uh so we're going to talk about the group of death um with you know and and maybe for you uh justin we'll talk about arsenal why not um but yeah let's just start with the champions the reigning champions and the current champions manchester city first of all i would like to ask you do you feel threatened as an arsenal fan do you feel threatened by by Manchester City, Justin? I think maybe it's kind of you have um, what's that called when uh, you've been held hostage for so long that you start to like stop perceiving the threat. I feel like it's maybe that I'm in that place with Manchester City where I don't feel threatened. I just like assume that they're going to do what they always do, which is just pull, build a nice comfortable lead in the league, and then when Arsenal go to visit them at the Etihad, they're just going to spank us. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm hoping, you know, this is the year, hopefully, that things will be different. But uh, after these first four matches, it is looking very it's, – it's, I'm getting some deja vu. It's looking very similar to past seasons with Manchester City, I'll have right. to say. Um, I mean, they are obviously without Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was going into the day and they lost him in the preseason. So it was like, you know, that that was a big storyline going in. It's like, how are they going to replace him? Is it through a combination of players? Is it just going to be a straight swap with Phil Foden? Um, is Holland going to get the service he needs? Um, you are Kevin De Bruyne's biggest booster. You love him. Mm-hmm. You had him in your fantasy team. Even well, though. So tell me, tell me what you think, what, what you're seeing yeah. Manchester City sans Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, of course. That that's a, a a great question. So first of all, obviously, yes, I think everyone knows that I'm a De Bruyne fan. So um, I'm sad to see him not being able to play until um, uh, until December. Um, you know, in the beginning of the season, uh, before the season started, I had put Manchester as as a winner of the of the EPL. I I still sort of feel the same way. We'll see what happens after the next two international breaks, um, but. I saw De Bruyne as the obviously the the main power source assist source of this team, right? Uh, the the yin yang with with Haaland and, and scoring the, too many goals. But if you look at the stats actually from Man City's games from from the beginning of the season, just in the EPL, their stats. I mean, I I've not I've not looked compared to last season, but it's still very high number of shots on target so it, it shows to me that they're still doing a lot on the field to give the ball to Holland or whoever to 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 score these um or to at least shoot on target right um, and one person comes to mind for me is 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 Foden right so right you know obviously Foden cannot completely replace the almighty De Bruyne but Foden does bring similar sort of taking on players, having those accurate passes um, that we've seen uh, so far that he's brought to the game. And, um, you know, for me, that seems to be working. Although I've seen spots and times where it's like, is this Massity? It feels a little weird. I always think maybe they're a little jaded um, from last season. But yeah, I, I still, every, even with De Bruyne out, they still seem like a powerhouse. Like, how are you feeling about that? I, I mean, I know you said, you know, you, you expect... Uh, them to win but I, I, are you sort of just feeling like maybe the second place is now the first place for the rest of the EPL like is is that what you're telling me right now that Arsenal does not have any chance to 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 fight this team I mean I don't know it's a long season right um if 
if passes prologue, then, you know, yes, Manchester City is going to win the league. And second place is the aspiration for everybody else. Um, but it's a long season, you know, like maybe you know, Holland is, you know, love I love him as a player. Hate it that he's at Manchester City, but uh, he has been earlier in his career injury prone. You know, uh, he got he got off very easy last year. He, you know, he, he has a lot of they, obviously they take load management very seriously for him. Uh, but that, you know, let's say he went down injured. Could Julian Alvarez on his own carry the front line? I mean, Pep would obviously change his system in some way, and I'm, I'm sure they'd be fine. But, you know, like, you know, those are the sorts of unknowns that could occur midseason that would change the dynamics. But as of right now, where I stand right now, yeah, Manchester City is the clear favorites. And everyone else is playing catch up, including Arsenal included. And, right. you know, I've heard even some analysis, frankly, Bori, like, you know, about – I am, you know, me, I'm a trust the process guy. Um, in Arteta's famous process, I've, I've, there's been some analysis that Arteta and uh, Adu, like, you know, running the club at Arsenal, like, and perhaps this is the case for other clubs as well. They're essentially just waiting for Pep to leave. <laughs> they're like, this is, the, the, we're, we, we're living in the Pep dynasty. We're living in the Pep era. And when Pep, his current contract runs out, I think in another, maybe at the end of the next season, I believe, 20, maybe 2025, 20, I believe. But whatever it runs Something out. Something like that, yeah. Yes, yeah, like we're like biding our time. We have to keep, you know, keep our young players engaged, go after the other trophies like the League Cup, uh, FA Cup, do well in the Champions League, all the above. And then like we're literally like biding our time for when Pep leaves and Manchester City will have to go through a, a, an evolution of sorts or hopefully a, a de-devolution, maybe. <laughs> well, so so you're right. Yeah, 2025 is when this is over. So hopefully it doesn't sign another one. But yes, I, I think that's how we're seeing. But I want to go back to what you had said earlier uh, in terms of the Haaland injury. And I, I, you know, I was like playing the formation uh, in my head. So first of all, I just want to mention, first of all, let, let's let's acknowledge the transfers this season. Vardiol has been okay. Uh, I don't see anything more spectacular than just okay. Um, um, Matthias Nunez, funny story with Wolves, but, you know, he finally moved in. Now, there's the third player, Jeremy Doku, who I'm actually very excited about. But that said, I, I hear you on the whole Haaland thing being injured, for example, and maybe, obviously, I don't think anyone will replicate these goals. But remember, Pep is the same guy that has played without a number nine in the past many times. So I actually don't think that would be much of an issue. The only time it becomes an issue is if, the players don't adapt to that new style of play, which I feel like most of them have played, but you have the new Jeremy Doku, you have uh, Matias Nunez, who may not play much often um, because Rodri will be playing most games. But still, um, I still think that they will be able to adapt easily, and that is the threat that City brings, right? Like, regardless of what cards are dealt, they're going to... But again, we don't know. We don't know. We we, right. we just we started we're what four games in or, or five games in, um we will find out we will find out um at least halfway through the season, um and anything else you want to say about about City are we are we are we thinking defensively they look solid um I think so oh, yeah. far, sorry, I think yeah sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but yes the short answer yes they look solid defensively I think yeah I think so far they've only conceded uh, two Twice. goals. Yeah, that's right. Well, apart from Sevilla, but like we we're just talking about EPL, um, right? Um, they've only considered two goals, and they've played, uh, you know, they've played Newcastle, which you know we could talk. We'll talk about Newcastle later on. Um, no, actually, <laughs> that is the thing to say. Like with the, you know, you know my feelings about the international breaks, uh, and I hate yeah. this is one of my least favorite international breaks of the season. It's like when you just kick off, we're just like you know getting right. getting the engines like warmed up we're about to like you know we're at this at the starting gate and then literally like <laughs> on the first lap okay now everyone take a break and go do an international like you know play friendlies or whatever world cup qualifiers whatever whatever the case may be i don't know mm-hmm. um so it does but this international break gives everyone a moment like obviously this is like a checkpoint like what we're doing right now we're talking about like how everybody looks like projecting out for the whole season the sample size is very small. Like you said, Newcastle. Right. Newcastle's a great win. Newcastle's a top Sheffield. team. Got, right. But it's like Sheffield, Fulham, Burnley. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. not the, the the cream of the crop here. 
that is that is a fair point actually and, and so maybe we shouldn't get too excited about city then because uh let's let's be honest newcastle has been not been great this season so uh we talk well, about the other teams we have two teams that came from the championship and, and they played fulham so i mean maybe that they've not had enough tests yes i mean then new i mean newcastle's like the exact opposite right newcastle's had a brutal first uh round of games like right. who they, newcastle played in addition to city newcastle also played brighton they played liverpool uh and they played aston villa it was just their one win and um in the first week if you remember they they right blanked, they destroyed aston villa right but uh not not an easy lineup for to get your season started and then like you know i can't imagine being eddie howe and then now you gotta say like see you later to some of your players like tonali i'm assuming got called up to italy you're trying to bet him in and get him comfortable. Now he's got to go play some international matches. So yeah, stop. I I hope, and we'll talk about this in the championship. But maybe let's let's leave Newcastle for now right. and, and talk about it. But but okay. So actually, you've convinced me to think that Master City still has a lot to prove because right now they've only played the bottom half of the t- of of the EPL. Let's be honest. Um, and Newcastle included, because, I mean, I've not even looked at the table to see where Newcastle is right now, but I can tell you right now that they are in the bottom half. Um, so, that said, I will reserve my comments about Manchester City, and maybe it's not a good idea right now that uh, that Haaland is injured. Uh, we'll see when they play their very, their very first big test, which is going to be after the, the international break with West Ham, which is funny that we're saying it's a big test, but yeah. truly, it is a big test, I think. Um, at least the biggest test, I would say, that they will have given the form of this current season. Would you agree? Yeah, West Ham's gone off to a great start. Like I said, it's small sample size, but like, you know, West Ham, um, all the way up until like the last couple weeks, uh, last like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe beginning of August, they were looking really in a bad spot. Right. Like they right. lost their captain. They lost Declan Rice to Arsenal. Uh, they hadn't brought anybody in. Uh, it was looking like it's going to be a, a rough season for them. But they, they did some deals late in the transfer window and they've gotten off to like a really hot start. So, yeah, I agree. It's going to be that's going to be an interesting matchup coming out of the international yeah. break in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they brought brought in Kudus, who is who people are right. raving about. I've not watched them play, so I don't know anything. But people are, are raving about him. But why don't we talk about your beloved Arsenal, uh, current champions of the FA Community Shield. Congratulations again. Um, Arsenal has been one team that has, on paper, well, from a results perspective, they've done okay. But the, from an expectations ex- perspective, they seem wonky. I will leave that up to you as a national fan. Tell me what you think about your season so far. I agree. It's been, it's a little iffy at this point. They obviously got the win against Manchester United, but that, you know, obviously came all the way up into the extra time. They needed a, they, they, you know, the scoreline flatters Arsenal, right? 3-1, where they, two of those goals came in added time um, at the end of the game. So, and there was, you know, if not for um, Gabriel uh, doing, pulling like a, a Michael Jackson or kind of just like halting his run and like leaning back. Um, Garnacho would have had a goal. It was like a matter of inches there right. in that offsides. Um, and so, you know, I think that match is of a trend for Arsenal so far where you want to see them uh, as a fan, you want to see them just like grab a, grab a, the game by the scruff of the neck and just like take control and just like, you know, you want to see those fluid attacks. You want to see stalwart defense. You want to see like, you know, just Arsenal control the game from front to back. That's mm-hmm. like what champions do. That's what Manchester city does. And as of yet, that's hasn't really been, been happening for them. Um, they haven't lost yet. Three wins, one tie. Um, but again, the competition has not been the, the top of the table, yeah. right? They've, they've played Nottingham, Crystal Palace and Fulham. Right. No, um, it's a little worrying, and I think that could be uh, attributed to the changing system and the, cha- the new the new players and it, like Arteta's. You know, before in our preview se- uh, episode before the season started, I had alluded to the fact that like Arteta, he has like he's drilled like a base formation and a base like system with these players. Now he's gonna like throw in some 
curveballs. And it, actually, he's kind of like essentially thrown that old system like out the window and implemented some completely different tactics, which I was not expecting. And I think that maybe could be contributing to these lackluster results or performances up till now. Yeah, you're talking about the three and a half defense or, or Thomas Pate playing right back and Ben White playing center back. Um, right. Right, right. Things, things like that of that nature. Yeah, they, they did that three times. They finally brought Gabrielle back into the mat. And, you know, Gabrielle, who is their best, by some arguments, I actually think Saliba is better. But, like, last season, some people would argue that Gabriel was their best defender. He was certainly their most consistent. He played basically every single match. Um, and he missed the first three matches of this season. And like, it's like some questions about like, is he can actually like leave the team before the transfer window is closed? Like, which was like, you know, would be a ridiculous, ludicrous thing to suggest at the start, at the end of last season, given given his place in the team. Um, but yeah, you know, he he came into the T squad against Manchester United. He did well. Um, so I don't know. Going forward, coming out, we'll have to pay attention to Arsenal and like what Arteta does. And maybe he's going to start doing a little bit of a following his mentor Pep. And it's right. gonna be like, uh, right? It's gonna be just a roulette every week. You don't know what you're gonna get with who's who takes the field in the starting eleven. Right. Well, he, yeah, I, I have my reservations about that because you know, I don't know if he can actually truly be Pep, but he also worked with Pep for a while, so maybe maybe he understands everything that he's doing. Um, I have two two follow up questions. Um, sure. Really about your squad and talking about Kai Havertz. Really, that that's the number one. <laughs> right. Um, why do you think we keep still we still keep seeing him play every game? I think he's played all four games in the EPL so far, correct? Correct. He started all four matches so far, much to the chagrin of uh, a growing number of Arsenal fans, I would say. is There's a disillusionment growing with him. Um, I'm sure Manny is going to be disappointed he's not here to just rub it in even further because, to his credit, and to many Chelsea fans' <laughs> credits, they did warn... Arsenal and Arsenal fans that what they're going to be getting with this player. Um, I would argue that he needs time. He needs to bet in with this new system. And I'm guessing Arteta, you know, he sees something in the training pitch. He's seen something in film. And he thinks that if he just lets Havertz continue to play, he's going to start, like, it's going to start to click. But um, it has not as of yet. I would, I would definitely say it has not clicked yet. Okay, um, so it's funny you say that because it seems like you're on the time train of for Kai Havertz. Curious in your last game, there was there was a I don't know, I can't remember what minute it was. There was a Kai Havertz blatant miss. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking right. about. Where he, oh yeah, it, I mean that's seared in my memory because I, I you can imagine my reaction watching it on TV. Well, but, but some people happened. some people in the media were saying that was actually a genius assist attempt. What? Yeah, because the ball actually went to the side to whoever was beside him, and the person just, you know, whiffed and could not wasn't able to shoot. Um, but I mean, watch it again. Seriously, mm. I mean, no, I'm joking. Of course, it's a joke. It's not. It was supposed <laughs> to be a shot, but it ended up being. I mean, it could have been an assist if the other player was sharp enough to like think that he was gonna flop. Right. It's one of those um, fantasy fantasy Premier League gifts when right. a player like like takes a terrible shot, but it happens to fall to their teammate. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, that was terrible, you know, and this is a player who, amongst his many roles, he's supposed to also be able to play a number nine. Obviously, I don't think that's in any in any world that should not be his number one role is, you know, leading the attack. But I don't care what position you are when you're <laughs> essentially touching the six yard box and the ball falls to you like, come on, we got to we got to see something better than what we got in that, in that particular uh, moment. That's a big whiff. That's a big missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and my, my second follow-up question, just thinking about the players on, in your squad. Um, one, I, I know you you all have gone through some injury woes. I mean, seriously, you're you're in Timber. Now I've heard Thomas Pate is another player that's injured. Uh, Jesus just came back, so good for you. Um, I am hearing, uh, well, I'm, I'm curious from your point of view about David Raya. And um, the situation, I'm not sure. Have you seen the Champions League squad list for Arsenal? Is is Raya part of it? I know? assume so. Yeah, I, okay. I haven't seen it. But he will 100% be part of the squad, yeah. Yeah, do, do, you, do you have any idea if he's if he's going to be playing Champions League? Do you know? That's a good question. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's going to be like one of those things where they 
maybe start Raya and Ramsdale out like splitting duties. Like one takes Champions League, one takes Premier League. Um, I'm not sure. I, I haven't got any indication. What is your percentage likelihood of him of him playing there? Um, I would say there's probably probably a high percentage chance, maybe over fifty percent that he you see him in the first Champions League match, the first uh, match of the group stage. Well, I mean that'd be a good opportunity, a good opportunity to get his feet wet, right? So right. Well, to be fair, you all have had uh, a very nice drawing, I would say. Hey. Uh, Congratulations on that too. It's it's giving Europa League. It's <laughs> hard. It's, it's, like, <laughs> the, the, it's it's kind of ridiculous. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about another team that is doing very well, and that's Spurs. Um, I, you know, um, Spurs has they've really um surprised me this season. Okay, I'm gonna be honest again. I I've never heard of Postecoglou until the rumor of him joining. Or wanting to join Spurs and the whole thing. So, um, so yeah, I'm just gonna come up, come out with that. But if you look at Spurs, Spurs' record is the same as as Arsenal. Uh, you know, they've won three, they've drawn one, they've scored more goals though. Uh, however, they've also considered more than Arsenal. Um, I am actually curious how you're feeling about this threat from North London. Does it feel like? what's happened before where they do well after x games and then they go back to being bad or how are you feeling truly uh, about this team or do you just not watch tottenham because you just have so much hate for them no no i have no problem watching tottenham actually like you know uh obviously i don't want them to succeed but i i like watching all the teams that's pretty like harsh this. to say <laughs> like that that's a sound bite i don't want them to succeed if i taken that out as a sound bite and i play it somewhere else like People are like this person is a hateful person. But I'm just I get full, full of spite. No, actually, no, though. I, I mean, so for instance, their match against Burnley, I had that uh, like a second screen on watching that. Um, I can't remember when the kickoff was, but there's like two matches I was watching, and they were on my secondary screen. And then they, as the match went on, they swiftly became. They pulled my attention. That was like you know, it, maybe it was like that was on my laptop and one was on the TV, and then I eventually had to flip flop because they were just playing electric it is such an exciting game and that's what you know i'm with you i i didn't hear much i didn't know much about uh Postel. i can't never say his name what's the cool glue that's why i just i don't know if i'm saying yes no no that's correct yeah yeah um i'm in the same boat as you i didn't know much if at all about him before he was rumored to take the job um i'd heard obviously in the lead up to him taking the job and all through the preseason about like he's very like he's bringing like the fight back to, to Spurs. He's going to like drill them, you know, the, the past few seasons where we've had Mourinho and Conte, like negative terrorism football tactics. We're going to flip it and attacking attack, attack, attack mindset is coming back. And that's what we got, uh, particularly uh, this past weekend with um, Hyungman Son, one of my favorite players, like leading the line. Another one of those players like Holland, where I, I, love, I love the player and I hate that they play for the clubs that they do. Um, right. But yeah, they 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 look great. I think um, they look so good. In fact, and again, we'll caveat: it's early season. The competition that they faced, aside from Manchester United, has not been top of the line. Um, so like right. we'll we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, like is this like just typical Spurs where they're gonna have a a up period and then followed by a down period? Uh, we'll have right, to wait and right. see. But given what we've seen so far and how attacking and how uh, they've used the funds uh, in their their, their purchases. Of yeah. Yes. Do you think this club is better without Harry Kane and with the their purchases they made this past? Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as they're. Well, okay, so I guess I, I see what you're saying. Uh, they they look better or they look more successful. But of course, again, it's just one of those things where it's like four games. And I, actually, I was just looking at. So, the, People they've played, they play Brentford United, which right, will right. count as like not good this season so far. Bournemouth and Burnley. Brentford is is a huge test, and they were they didn't really pass that. It was two two, and, and and that's fine. But the rest would say yeah, they could have beaten this these two right, well, all of them right. So um, Bournemouth was relegated right. They just came back up right from from the Championship I think right. No, they were. 
They came was, close oh. to being relegated last season, but the I mean Bournemouth is oh, actually they're... doing doing decent. You know, they they haven't won yet, but they their performances like you know I, I think there's some promise there. Yeah. Um, but then Spurs went ahead to 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 lose in the EFL Cup, and and now they're out of that, so they can't they can't win that right. game, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, sorry, I thought this was very near. Yeah, you thought that was a yeah, exactly. I, it would be funny if they did win something this season and Hurricane doesn't because that is possible. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Bayern Munich, but yeah, Bayern. I would not pass them as a good team right now. I feel like they're definitely very beatable, at least in Europe. I, I can't I can't say for Bundesliga, but um, they don't right. look good. No, they <laughs> don't. Know? We'll have to do a. I mean, we're we're very EPL focused on this show, but we'll have to do a a European roundup and talk more about your favorite league, Serie A. Oh, and I, I would I also thought, like to talk about Bundesliga. Yeah. I thought I thought we were only EPL centric because a lot of people don't only care about EPL, and that's why we're. <laughs> that's chill. unfortunately yeah. that's also happening. I mean, given another year, we're going to be talking about the Saudi league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> learn to, that's a very good point. Buddy. That's a very good point. I'm actually yeah. okay now that you brought that up. I'm quickly, and this is diversion. How do you feel about all these players going? Uh, you know, I'm especially I'm t- talking about this one player that was linked with Napoli. I think Vejia or something. Um, and a pr- apparently a promising talent is very young, but decided to go to um, to the Saudi League. How, how do you actually feel about that? It's disappointing. I mean, I, I don't, you know, who so knows what the future, who knows what the future will hold. But like, I, I just don't see that it's, I don't think this experiment in Saudi Arabia is going, it's not a lasting one. I don't think. Right, but so I think what, if I was, what if I was offering you a million times your salary? <laughs> well, sure. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's, that is what it's all about, right? So, you know, okay. For instance, Jordan Henderson just, there's an interview in The Athletic that was released just today with I Jordan Henderson. And it just like, you know, he, he said essentially everything except for the reason he moved to Saudi Arabia was for the money, right? It's like, just, dude, just like, just be honest. Just, we know what he, it's about. We know I why. He was just have to say it. He was honest. He's not kidding. Yeah. No, he he also like, said the, the amount of, of money they were paying that was reported that he was being paid is not correct. That's what he said. I don't know sure. if that means it's more or less, but um, hey. I, the way I think of it is, from my perspective, hey, if someone's offering me an insane amount of money, I would go. But I do see, I, I see what you're saying. Um, and we, who knows what's going to happen in two, three years, right, with this league. Maybe, I, I don't see how they can continue this way. Um, but again, they have a lot of money, so maybe they're I'm, willing to earn that cash. I'm just thinking about, you know, uh, in years past, like there was a period of time where like the Russian league was spending big. To bring in players, uh, the Chinese Super League. If you remember, they had a moment where they're like buy, buying all these players. And what happened to those players who went to those leagues? Never heard from them again. Like, right? Yeah. It's like that was like basically the end. They're they've sold a, the chance for a legacy for and like you know that, that's which is a perfectly fine thing. It's like that's you know if that's what you feel is best for you and your family, then I, you know I can understand that. I think you should just say it just yeah just yeah be honest spoken, don't 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 say, don't try and convince us of anything else spoke spoken like a true fan um i will i will i will let you off the hook there and um i'm actually going to move on to oh actually before we move on tottenham um are we bullish on them bearish this bullish season? yeah i bullish? i think they are i you know looking Looking at every, all the teams so far, I think they they definitely have a shot of making top top five, top four. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to make the title episode of this uh, the title of this episode uh, Arsenal fan bullish on Spurs, and you know <laughs> that's going to get you a lot of hate. Um, so, all right, dude, hold oh. on, just one thing about the whole Harry Kane thing. Oh yeah, this so far in the past four matches, six different players have scored goals for Spurs. I don't think that would be the case if Harry Kane was still at the club, right? I think he was the focal point of the attack. He was the, the ball would pass through Harry Kane. I think the fact that we've had 
variety of players scoring for Spurs, um, I think that kind of goes towards my point about whether this would be whether how this team would be different if Harry Kane had stayed, for instance. Mm. Oh, that's I mean, he's a great creator also, right? Yeah. But, it's a very interesting thought. Um, I think that all ends up happening if there's like no focal point person that is. But yeah, no, I see your point. I see your point. Um, who knows, right? Um, maybe who they knows? can. Maybe they will loan him back, like, uh, and then send him away back to Spurs, like Mane. They did Mane with. Um, but I think Kane will have to point somebody in the face for that. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. About that <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, anyways, all right. Let's move on to Liverpool. Um, you know, Liverpool has been a little interesting this season. I think they have had more tests. Um, and out of all the teams, I think they've done the best apart from City um, because they've played teams like Newcastle uh, already. Aston Villa, who I think is a very attacking team, so they, they were able to survive them. Um, and then they've played Chelsea. Uh, so far in the in, you know in the first four games of the season, how are you feeling in Liverpool? Uh, there are a few things to pick here, um, but let's just start with like your overall feeling about Liverpool as a team. Where do you think their places? Because they feels sort of I, I don't know about you, but it sort of feels like they are not really in the conversation for title contenders of of the EPL. Maybe we can say, yeah, maybe they will be title contenders for Europa League. Uh, I think that's probably, um, you know, maybe it's definitely too early to, to, to say, but I think they, they're definitely in conversation for that. But what are your thoughts about Liverpool? It's kind of weird, huh? Like they have a on paper, like their record is really good. And like you said, they played some stiff competition. Um, but week in and week out, it almost feels like, this past week excluded uh, when they like trounced Aston Villa, but like every single week, it's like, they're like, <laughs> it feels like they're flying through a storm and like on the verge of disaster at all moments. Right. Like they go, they, they, they concede immediately to Bournemouth um, in right. week two. They, after drawing against Chelsea in week one and which was interpreted as like, you know, a great victory for Chelsea, which we'll talk about. Um, and like, you know, signs of trouble for Liverpool, right? Uh, then they go man down against Bournemouth, but they still pull out a 3-1 win. Then, lest we forget, against Newcastle the following week, they have early yellow card for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Virgil van Dijk has a stupid red card, you know, if you remember, like, he, and he blows oh, up yeah. at the referee. Um, Newcastle score first. It's 1-0. Liverpool are playing a man down. It's like, you know... And the narrative is like, you know, our Liverpool are a disaster. Like they're they're falling apart at the seams. Salah's gonna leave. There's all this stuff. And then they won. They actually won that game. Some mm-hmm. I've never seen such a such a performance yeah. where ten men coming from a, like one goal down, one man uh short, and they somehow were able to rally and score two goals, right? With yeah. uh someone like with Darwin Nunez who's been like sidelined for, for a while now and he comes into the game and changes it. Right. So it's like. Uh, and even up until last week, they, even though they won the match, they wound up winning three nil against Aston Villa. Like I felt like the narrative leading up to the match and I listened to some like, you know, I listened to some podcasts for the other teams um, and even like Liverpool supporters, like it almost sounded like the narrative was like the expectation was Aston Villa because they play so aggressively counterattacking mm-hmm. that they were going to take advantage of like Liverpool's high line and how they're short in defense right now with Van right. Dyke red carded and some injuries and that Aston Villa were like the favorites to win basically at almost at Anfield. And then obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, Liverpool are, they're the wild card of the, of the big six. I think Liverpool are, are the, the biggest wild card for this season. And I, I'm right. not really sure where they're going to wind up. What do you, how are you feeling about them? Well, all right. So here's how I feel about Liverpool. First of all, there's this whole rumor of Salah uh, and, and the South. Yes. League. I don't know what's going on there, but, if, hey, and lest you forget, yeah, the Saudi transfer window doesn't close until mid-month, right? Right. No. So what is happening in this international break, right? Like I'm looking, I think, I know, you know, we are playing the AFCON qualifiers, at least in Africa, um, and I'm sure Egypt is part of it. So maybe maybe Salah is not taking a, a quick break 
going to Saudi Arabia to but you know but Egypt is very close to Saudi Arabia just just to keep that in mind and so it's very easy for the Saudi Arabian clubs to come to him and 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 try to strike up a deal I mean I'm not going to feel any rumors or anything like that but my point is with Salah and without Salah and that's how I see this Liverpool team right so with Salah they have a chance to 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 go for the EPL for Europa League without Salah it's a different conversation we can I think they have the right options to sort of replace Salah. And it's one of those situations where, you know, Salah scores so many goals. If he leaves, then it just means that the everyone else will have to score many goals. Now, if you have somebody like uh, Darwin Nunez scoring the way he did against, uh, against uh, Newcastle, um, then we may be fine. Or, no, we. Uh, Liverpool may be fine. Um, uh, so it was like scored in the last game albeit against a naive uh, Aston Villa um so and then you have Cody Gakpo uh, you know and and uh the Portuguese guy which Jota um so my my point is you know on paper they have the players that could fill in and so maybe you know Salah scores what 20 almost 30 goals every season you know that's that's the other the other teams just need to up their maybe score eight goals each and i mean obviously theoretically but it goes each and, and and they maybe fulfill that that goal quota so that said i still think salah is the main person for this team that can make magic happen and if they lose him it's it's going to be a, a an uphill battle i do think it's not all grim for them where it becomes grim is defensively, right? Which has always been the issue, right? So right now, I think we have what 100%. Joe Gomez, Joe Gomez, and and, and who Matip uh, playing defense, uh, because you you know uh, uh, Van Dijk was out, but but I think he'll be back next game. Trent Arnold, uh, TAA, who's not a defender. Uh, so now we're talking about three sort of half defenders, and then Robertson, who's the only sort of solid defender. So I think that's where, for me. The question is for for I agree. For this team, I agree. And who's right? who's who's screening the play in front of them as a holding midfielder? Well, I mean, so <laughs> it's very. Hold interesting. on, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a moment to double check the name because I'm sure you didn't know who this player was before <laughs> before they bought him. Wait, talking about Shubusli? No, Shubusli is not a holding. Def- I'm talking about uh, Wataro Endo. Oh, Endo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I definitely, I, I knew he came from from Germany. Um, yes. After I, your failed pursuits of Caicedo, yeah. <laughs> the failed pursuit oh, of, I can always um, talk about Chelsea. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we're, we're going to get to yeah. it, yes. But they they missed out on some players that they wanted to bring in, right. and this is like, it feels very, when I'm talking about, like, they're flirting with his disaster, like, to go back to my analogy of, like, flying through a storm, it's like, the plane is falling apart at, towards yeah. the end of the transfer window, they're just like, you know, throwing duct tape on the holes that are appearing right. like it like you know it, it does feel like a very ramshackle especially in defense like you said so i yeah. agree with you yeah. in terms of like that's that's a threat how many goals do you see them conceding do you see them like i mean they have not yet conceded multiple goals in a game which is kind of surprising yeah do you just, see them do you see them yeah. primed to have like a couple of shockers in them i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised uh i can't speak well so they're, they're not in the champions league now so I, I i wouldn't say that's definitely bound to happen but um i i think when they meet a team it, like even a team like spurs they could consider a lot uh from which is weird to say yeah um um city will see if you know they will keep firing with with bigger teams we still you know we talked earlier that they've not really had a, a really thorough test um, apart from the Arsenal game, which they failed, and, and then Sevilla, which they have failed. Um, that said, I, I think I, I, I think there there could be a disaster situation that happens for sure with certain teams. But Van Dijk is coming back, so maybe maybe it won't be so much of a disaster. I just have a question mark about the second defender, central defender, the and then the defensive midfielder, the person that holding the line in front of defense. I think, again, where they're probably asking someone like Endo and, and McAllister to do jobs that, well, more for McAllister to do a job that he's he's not technically supposed to be doing. Um, but, you know, that's the situation right now. So um, 
So uh, in 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 either case, I think I still expect, I actually expect them to make top four from what I've seen. I think they will if, if Salah does not leave. I think I think they have the right mentality and the right drive right now to to sort of get the job done this season. Um, Do you chop shock that up to Jurgen Klopp effect? Yeah, yeah, it's the mentality. Yeah, it's just the yeah. like fight till the end type mentality, right? Um, someone like Darwin uh, has you know, those goals that he scored uh, against Newcastle, um, or was it, he scored two goals, right? Yeah, two goals against Newcastle. Um, right. We saw some sort of, you know, he hit the post, like, what, a few times in, in the Aston Villa game. So he's getting his confidence back. If he gets the confidence back, then going forward, they, they should be they should be fine. They should be fine. It's just that defensive. And I, I think defense, like uh, Manny says, wins championships. So... Um, they would do well, but they would they may not be able to win something. Maybe the Europa League. Maybe the Europa League depends on if Real Madrid gets bumped down. To the... <laughs> no, they won't. They won't. No, I think I think they're they're looking pretty safe in that regard. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll see what happens to them. Um, I think their next game is against Wolves. I expect them to 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 kill that, and then they have last in the Europa League. Wow. I mean, they can play the second team in Europa League, and I think they'll do very fine. So good for them. I think actually because of that, I think they definitely. I don't do think well they have. Them. They don't have a second team. <laughs> they only have what the one team. Well, <laughs> it's like they're so thin on the bench. Well, yeah, yeah. Second team of of amateurs. All right. Uh, let's move on to all the teams that may not necessarily be doing well. I, and really, the the first one is is United. Um, this team. Okay, first of all, can we just acknowledge this team has gone through a lot um, in terms of Mason Greenwood. I, I, I don't want to make this podcast th- that conversation, but that whole Mason Greenwood saga, and I'm sure you've heard recently what's going on with the Anthony saga. Uh, for those that have not heard, Anthony is in a similar situation where there are claims of him abusing or have abused his ex-girlfriend. I mean, how can one club have two people that? Have, I mean, it's just I don't even know how to describe it. But it, it's 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 crazy to me that this is still happening. I mean, I know it is happening, obviously, but but especially with play, people that are in the spotlight, it's crazy to me that they are doing this type of thing, right? Um, but at the same time. Putting that aside, Manchester United seem like a team that have the names and, and the people on the on the roster, but cannot translate that into results. And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what the issues are. Um, I know that they've had, they've had their share of injuries. Shaw was injured, or he's now injured, not was, he's injured. Um, we have uh, Varane was out in the last game, I think, due to injury, and I heard he was going to be out for a few weeks. So I guess if you're having to pin Maguire, I-, I can understand how you can concede goals. But if you look going forward, yeah, they- they're scoring a few goals here and there. The-, the most they've scored so far this season is three goals against Nottingham Forest. Again, Nottingham Forest that had the red card. I just don't understand... What is missing with this team? Um, I, I don't, I, I don't get what they need to change. And I know that the, in the in the um, in the transfer markets, they they went in and got uh, a few players to sort of solidify their midfield um, with um, you know Amrabat, for example. Um, but I just don't understand what else they need to do um, to sort of get rolling. Um, and you know, I, I'm curious from your point of view. And, and let's be honest, they've 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 had two tough tests against Tottenham and United, uh, but they've also played Nottingham Forest and Wolves, who they've they've won against. But you know, losing against a top top six would not get you top six, right? So they need to. I feel like they need to figure out the issues, and I think there's a lot of distraction going on right now and that's probably adding to the issues and woes that Manchester United are facing right now. Do you have any thoughts about uh, any of this? Yeah, it's kind of curious. I, like, you know, my impression of um, 
of um, the like this, the system that they're going to be implementing this, this this year was going to be like more aggressive, more like attack minded. Um, they've like you said, they solidified their midfield. Uh, they brought in a, a new striker who you know he came off the bench, uh, Rasmus Hoyland. Hoyland, um, yep. Yeah, who actually, he, you know, he actually was a bright spot, I felt, in the match against Arsenal when he came on. Um, but also in the match against Arsenal last weekend, they were so negative in their play for most of the game. They were very comfortable just, like, passing in the back line, just giving the ball to Onana, who would just stand on the ball for, like, you know, yep. a few seconds. It was kind of just like, what's where's the verb? Where, like, you know, they seem to be content with trying to just like squeak one out against Arsenal when in the past I, I you know I would have thought that they or with this season in particular that they were going to be more uh front front foot forward right what direct yep yeah yeah exactly um yeah and the defense stuff is also very curious right like so like they for instance they had because of injury they had to start you know Lissandra Martinez uh obviously and then they paired him with Lindelof and then, you know, I think they took Martinez out. Maybe he, I'm not sure if he was, he had a knock. He was on a yellow card. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I think it's more of the yellow card, to be honest. <laughs> He's very aggressive. Yeah, then they bring in Maguire and then to make matters worse in the 84th minute, then they take Lindelof on and bring on Johnny Evans, who's like yes. 63 Amazing Johnny years Evans. old. Yep. Yeah. It's like, in it's like, you just knew with that center back pairing in the way Arsenal liked to. Arsenal like to go forward and attack and attack and attack, especially like, you know, at home against a, a direct rival, you knew, you know, it took until like whatever the 90 something minute minute to happen, but you knew they were going to score. It seemed yeah. like inevitable with that, with that center back pairing. Yeah. So it's... do you think they prioritize the wrong positions in terms of recruitment? Um, so to be, to be honest, I, I don't like, you know, we're talking about, Injuries to key players. So Varane, Shaw. These are key defenders for, for Manchester United. Varane, very so, injury prone. Right? Yes, exactly. So, yep. so, yeah, I hear you. I, and honestly, you know, so we have Sofian Amrabat now, which means, if you re- remember, I think last year or two years ago, Casemiro has actually played as, not last year, when he was in Real Madrid, He's played as a center back when they've had issues in Real Madrid in their center back, and he did he didn't do too bad. So I guess the question I, is, will he do better than Maguire? I would I, say yes. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're 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 asking for trouble if you're that's well, what you're. Well, I, I know I hear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I, I'm just I'm just joking given the circumstances. But <laughs> yeah, if you look at the goal that Arsenal scored, uh, the second goal that they scored. Again, Maguire ball watching. I don't know if people are talking more about this, but Maguire, the ball lands to, I think it was Rice. Yeah. And he was watching. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Like, Rice, it looked like Rice like, was, like, you know, like in a video game when someone's, like, charging up their, like, special shot. Rice had yeah. so much time to just, like, wind exactly. up. And you knew, and also you could tell, like, uh, that's also crazy. Like, another person who they brought in, they recruited, uh, Regulon. Yeah. Um, from Spurs, who's like just a cast off. They did like Spurs want to know part of him. Mm-hmm. They brought him in, and I, I think it was him on the. He was like, you know, he at the corner. He was like, you know, uh, you, he was charged with guarding the back post, like you know, standing on the back post, and he just walks away. <laughs> he just walks away from the back post. I'm pretty sure it was him, but so, someone on United was guarding the back post and just kind of walked away. Walked away, yeah. And of course, that's where the shot went. And yeah. yes, Maguire was standing there. Johnny Evans was like tussling with Gabriel and couldn't get past. Uh, there's a good like three, four United players who were just watching mm-hmm. as Rice like took the shot. So I, 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 yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe we just need to 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 sort of uh, show them our defensive abilities, and uh, they could hire us. What do you think? No, I'm holding out for that Saudi contract. Saudi- <laughs> But anyways, so so in all in all seriousness, uh, United are in big trouble. Um, they are, are definitely in big trouble. Uh, there's the Sancho situation. Um, there is the Anthony situation, which I assume, and I don't know because Anthony has been dropped now by Brazil. I don't know what's going to happen with United. So 
we're talking about now you're taking two wingers out of the team. They have to play uh, when they come back. They have to play Brighton. They have to play Bayern Munich. It's not looking good for them. And I don't know how they can solve this. I don't know how well, they can solve this. I mean, lest we forget also, like, I mean, like, obviously, Anthony, he should be out of the team. Um, right. At the same moment, there's all these all this talk about Jaden Sancho having a right. big falling out. Um, and he's, like, maybe not going to be in the lineup either. So, are, like, Manchester United, a team who just a few years ago were, like, seemingly only recruited wingers. And now it, they are kind of, like, looking pretty light in that position also. So yeah. I, it's it's not looking good. I agree. I think from what I could see, though, it's just like to give some bright spots for United listeners, maybe. <laughs> I don't want it to be all doom and gloom. Like I said, Rasmus Hoyland, he looked I think he looked very good. He's he was exactly sort of like the play style that I was talking about, like, you know, like aggressive, like, you know, direct football. Let's like he was strong. He was fast. He was like looking for a fight um, the entire time he was on the field. So I think he looks good if he's going to be leading their line going forward. Um, Amrabat also, I think, can can improve that midfield significantly. So um, I think, you know, they, they have a steep hill to climb, though. Uh, right. So maybe those players and some of the other incomings and players who've been there for a while, hope maybe they can figure something out. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Let's talk about another thing that's not doing so hot, but they should be, given that they spent billions of dollars on, on players. Um, and that's Chelsea, currently 12th in the league. Um, Chelsea's had a, a huge half test, half huge test this season. They've had to play Liverpool and they've had to play uh, at West Ham. So so maybe maybe we don't knock them off of those two games, but they lost to West Ham, which is unacceptable. Um, they they did win against Luton Town, which was okay. Sure, they 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 did, and then they went on and lost to Nottingham Forest. So, um, I don't even know where to start. And normally this is where we're going to berate uh, uh, Manny, but he decided to duck, and I and now I understand why he did not want to join us today. It's because we were going to really give it to Chelsea. But in all seriousness, I've never seen. This feels like a. I don't want to say all the players that Chelsea have this season at like Galacticos level, but it feels like a team with really so many superstars, but still can't figure out how to play them uh, together. And I, again, this is not a team that I cannot tell you exactly what the issue is, other than they're not gelling together. They see there seems to be some confusion on the field. I don't see too many, or, or, or maybe the, the pattern of play that I'm seeing is maybe just confusing for them. But it does feel like a lot of sort of parts that are not gelling together. And that, for me, is the key reason that is missing. Yes, they're missing the front line. If Jackson was not the number nine, they could have maybe scored too many more goals. But that's an if, right? We don't know if that's the case. They lost some Kunku. Okay, sure, we, we I understand that. But... For me, with all the plays that they've bought, all the plays that they have on reserve, on the bench, there is no way that team is losing to, to Nottingham Forest or not at home not being able to at least re- respond to their uh, to their goal. Um, and then same with West Ham. I know West Ham is a very direct team and they, they play attacking football and, and whatnot, but there's no way they're losing 3-1. With the squad they have, a billion-dollar <clears throat> billion squad, there's no way that they're they're doing that. So that is just my feeling about Chelsea. I, I don't know how else to explain this uh, other than uh, they have some serious work to do. Um, they are lucky that they're not in the Champions League this season, so that could be a saving grace. And compared to Manchester United, I think they would be they would do better uh, because of that. But that's a big if, right? So um, as a fellow Londoner, uh, what are your thoughts about this team? Yeah, I mean, it's not good. Um, I think it needs to be said and repeated. Just because you spend a billion dollars in the market does not mean that you have a billion-dollar team, right, in terms of talent and ability. Just because they spent a bunch of money doesn't mean that they've got the right players. I don't think they got the right players as of right now. Um, You mentioned Nicholas Jackson, um, Nicholas Jackson, like, you know, 
I, it's hard for me to even get like on his back because like what's been the history of strikers at Chelsea since what like Diego Costa left right it's been it, there's been years and years and years of this problem so I, I can't even like really fault him uh, alone for like their lack of goal scoring it's a system failure right and it's, it was a big system failure last year and they thought they brought in the manager to fix that um, in Pochettino and I have a lot of thoughts about Pochettino. I actually want to like dive into that aspect of it with you. Um, let's put the players aside for a second. Okay. With okay, Pochettino is a great manager. He's a great coach. Ooh. Is he? Is he? Okay. All right. I think he is. But is he? Is he the savior? No. I don't think he is. This is something I wanted to talk about last year, but last week, but we ran out of time. It's like, or last time we recorded, it's like this man has, he's never won a title, a major title, right? He's, he's never right. been to bring a big trophy home. I, I think he won whatever he won a league on like, right. But like, he's, that doesn't count. Well, that was like, a given, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a given. So, you know, this is, I feel like as is, I feel like this is kind of a pattern and it's, you know, I can understand how it can be the case given their wild success in the last decade, last couple of decades. But like, I feel like Chelsea fans just like expect the best at all times, even like, even though like, if you look at reality, like what's actually happening, it's like, as an Arsenal fan, if that was like what my club was doing, I would like, you know, and because the last two decades have been so painful as an Arsenal fan, I would, <laughs> I would be like, I would not be assuming that this is going to turn out okay. I feel like there's like way too much expectation on this club and on this on this these players and on this well, manager given like what they actually are in reality, right? Just because they cost so much money doesn't mean that they are players of that value yet. And just because you brought in a manager who has like a, you know, his name recognition doesn't mean that he's going to win you a title or take you to the, that that next level yet. Um yeah. I'm going to pause here, but there's there's some more I want to say, but like what do you feel about um Pochettino and uh is pochettino how is he how would the next two what 12 months is he gonna be is he gonna be staying up late at night like worrying about his job and just having a miserable time or is he gonna be able to turn this team around and like at least like get something out of this season i don't want to say something that's gonna put put my name as a hitter or or people tweet at me and say what the hell are you talking about you don't know what you're talking about i genuinely i think okay Pochettino at spurs did did very well with the squad he was given and maybe that's the type of of, of coach he is so even with someone like poster Koglu, right he has not so many superstars let's just say for lack of, of better terms but he's still able to do something with them right now and give results Pochettino to me seems like the same we're seeing the same pattern from PSG and now right and we can't compare the level of stars in PSG at the time he was coaching to this level of stars he was coaching right is coaching right now but they're not too far off in terms of ability and also just the market value and all that stuff but my point of saying this is I've noticed a pattern where he's not able to to really at least so far in Chelsea too to really manage superstars he's not able to manage people that have have been said to have to be very good uh, you know like in, in PSG and, and right now in Chelsea with all the players that they've been he's not been able to get enough results that was convincing and again with the league on thing yes he won league on but you know again psg was the most valuable team and and all of that stuff so yes they should be winning with league on if you look at the champions league he basically did nothing in that right so that's the pattern i noticed and i feel like maybe pochettino is a coach for an Aston Villa, a, a Brighton, right? Those smaller teams that don't necessarily expect that you, week in, week out, you have to play and win trophies, but you, they expect that at least you have to fight, right? And that's what Brighton did last year, and they're still doing to the, this season. Um, that's what Aston Villa is doing, West Ham. So that is sort of the level of coach I see as Pochettino. I don't see Pochettino as somebody that would win you 
trophies or basically get your team from not winning trophies to winning trophies, right? Because, let's be honest, he's not done it as much in the past. He has not, except for PSG, which, again, I feel like I can coach PSG and will win, right? So, I mean, obviously, it's not that easy, but you get my point. So, that's how I feel. That That's right. generally how I feel. I think it's really the coach, a coaching thing, personally. I hear you. Let me read you this quote real quick from sure. a preseason interview. Um, and I'd like to know what you make of it in terms of I'll, I'll ask you the question at the end. Right. So here, quote Pochettino. It's a process and we need time. But in football, you cannot ask for time and you need to deliver now. We are Chelsea and we need to win today, yesterday, not tomorrow. At the same time, we need to be working hard and being clever in how we are going to prepare next month, next six months, and then next year. Does that sound like someone who is win now or someone who is understanding that there's a, a process and a project and that we're not winning now, we're building for something in the future? Or does it sound like someone who doesn't know which way they're supposed to be going with this team? To me, it sounds like <clears throat> I understand we need to win now but I'm also trying to build something and not win now. I, I think he's trying to skirt around like, hey, this players need time. I can't win. Even though, yes, I started with this. I started preseason with these people. You know, I was here from June 1st or whatever. And I probably had a say in some of the signings that we have this season. But we still need time to gel together. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm hearing. But he doesn't want to say that because obviously as a Chelsea fan, if he says that, but then why do we hire this guy? We want to right. win now and not win. Thank you. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. They're buying all these players who are young. And like, you know, it's like, <laughs> like you, it's like, imagine going into a meeting with your boss and being like, okay, it's so like, you know, we have all these pieces. Um, I need to know, like, should I, with all these young guys that I have on my team, am I, should I be, you want me to like lay you out like a, a two to five year plan? to bring these players to the next level or do you want me to like go all out and like focus on winning something this year and the your boss tells you both <laughs> you, you need to do both those things and right. some other things also on the side it's like it's not possible and you know on top of all this let's forget also Pochettino he's only on a two-year contract with a third-year option oh, for the club okay. right so it's like <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem like Chelsea are, even though this is like the big splashy manager signing that everyone was waiting for, it doesn't seem like they're giving him the runway he needs to develop these young players and like build something and, and create create something. Because, and like we just discussed, he's not a manager who can just come in and like start winning things, right? Right. Um, so, I don't know. Okay. Well, um We'll watch Chelsea. Again, they're not doing too much outside of, of the EPL anyway, so um, maybe maybe Pochettino will have enough time, especially during the um, during the, the, the international break, to really watch their match and, and really break down the issues. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I would not be surprised if he's the first coach to, to get fired, which would be crazy to think, oh, right? Oh, my God. Um, it would be crazy to <laughs> think, but... I don't know. I don't know about that. That that well, would be insane. Well, I mean, look at look at how they're playing right now. If that continues till like November, where they're but like, who? like they they at least have to they've at least like feigned a little bit of towards the whole project building, right? Even though they like, in the background quietly they haven't really supported him in terms of contract length or anything. But verbally, I think they they've been I, saying he's building something. I don't know. I would just say this: they need to make Champions League. Because of how much this, like, they come on. So, th- what do we need to get there, right? Do uh, I, I do I fire you, and then do I hire this other random person that promises me here's my plan with this team, as here's the weak points, do, does the presentation, all that stuff? I, I don't know. I, I'm just I just don't see how this team does not make Europe next season and not have to make some drastic decisions next season right to to sell off players that they've bought right so imagine i see they're going back going to liverpool eventually <laughs> for well, so well we're gonna have to 
watch this space. We're going to talk about this more um, right. after the international break and see see where they're at in their next couple of matches. Who do yeah. they play after the break? Um, I think they play uh, Bournemouth. So theoretically, they should win that. So we'll see. They got to get a result there. Yeah, they got to get a result. All right. Well, we were going to talk about Champions League, but I think what we're going to do is actually maybe record this next week before the season, uh, the new uh, season, or the new, sorry, the international break is over, and then maybe start to give our predictions about Champions League because, you know, uh, I would say maybe the draw this time around is not as interesting except for one group that's really like a standout. Um, but again, maybe I'm wrong and we can talk about that. But um, I think that's all we have today. And uh, thank you all for listening. And, and uh, we hope to talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.